What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Pinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, DiMontobano. Fellas, how are we feeling? We are a few weeks post the NFL draft. The hype around the draft has kind of come down. We're going to take a look back today at the draft, talk about some of our favorite picks from all 32 teams. But before that, fellas, how are we doing? Good, you know, the draft's starting to soak in officially. Uh, the Rodgers hype is soaking in a little bit. We we just got their schedule, six primetime games, so it's, we're in a weird spot. I I just need September to get here fast. That's really all. I need I need some regular season football. I need some winning football. Yeah, the schedule is very hype right now, honestly. It's, uh, I see a lot of great matchups, and uh, I think the NFL might have done a great job this year. The, the addition of a Black Friday game, really cool. And I feel like more and more the NFL scheduling committee just is really hearing hearing out the fans and giving us some crazy matchups. Right. How many games are the Jets going to be favored in this year? Ooh. Over, under, 11 and a half. Oh, I'm going to go under. I was going to set line. I was going to set the line. At I was going to say 10 and a half, but, you know, the Jets are going to win every game, so it doesn't matter. Um, all right, fellas, let's get let's get into it. We're going to start with the AFC here, and we're going to start with our home division, the AFC East. So everybody's going to give us their favorite draft selection for each of these teams. We're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. Ray, who'd you like that Buffalo took? I think my favorite pick was Osiris Torrance in the second round. Uh, a lot of people had him pegged as a first-round guy. And I've been saying for a while, I think the Bills just need to get a little tougher up front. Some questions at off at the line. Spencer Brown hasn't been playing too well at right tackle. Ryan Bates, in, uh, as a right guard, he had a decent year this year, but, I mean, this is his first year as a full-time starter, so I think he has some tackle versatility, too. They went out and started Connor McGovern, but I think Torrance, he's a powerful guy. He's got the strength, the length. I think he's really going to help uh, toughen this offensive line up as a whole. Nice. Dean, who do you like for Buffalo? I got to agree with Ray. I feel like you guys would expect me to talk Kincaid here at 25, but I, I can't overlook Osiris Torrance have 59. I mean, they really need to bolster the middle of this offensive line. And, you know, rushing the ball efficiently has been a dimension of this offense that has been needed badly. And even though the statistics will basically lend that they're very efficient and they they run pretty well, actually, that's all just because of Josh Allen being a freak and obviously scrambling for for amazing plays on broken plays and even design plays. So the fact that you get Damian Harris this offseason, who is honestly a great underrated back in this league, if if he can stay healthy, and then you bolster the middle of that old line with a guy who can pass pro and run block, I think Osiris Torrance is the pick. Nice. I really like Osir- Osiris Torrance as well, but I'd, I want to talk about Dalton Kincaid, Dean's boy. Um, they missed the run on the four wide receivers going in the first round, but this guy has all the upside as a wide receiver, as any of those guys. I think we've talked about it a bunch in the past, how important that slot role is in this offense for them. And I think they were really missing that this past year. So I think he's an immediate slot for, for them. Um, and I think he's immediately their number two, honestly, over Gabe Davis. So pairing him with, with Stefan Diggs is really, really nice for, a really good offense and just adding more weapons for Josh Allen. So like Dalton Kincaid there, I picked 25 for the Buffalo Bills. Let's move to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dino, who'd you like for Miami? 
Uh, for Miami, one sec, just pulling her up. They didn't have too many. Uh, really, they didn't have too many picks. I think they only had yeah, four. They picks. only had four. Uh, they didn't have a first round, obviously, because uh, it was voided, which was very unfortunate for them. Uh, but I, I would probably say my favorite pick has got to be. I, I liked Cam Smith a lot. I feel like Cam Smith could have been a front end of of round two. He was my he was my uh, CB five. So I, I think you got some value there. But Devon A Chain is just the perfect fit for this team. And we gushed about him in our running back positional preview. Uh, they got him at 84. And I think that, I think that was great value and going to be a guy that I think Mike McDaniels is going to have just a fuck ton of fun, really getting involved in this offense and with just his electric speed. Nice. What about you, Ray? Yeah. I mean, I agree with Dean. I think this, this just proves, I feel like a lot of the NFL is a trend that teams are just drafting into their strengths and, Speed, speed, speed is what Miami wants to do on offense. Uh, speed pressure breaks pipes, as as uh, Joey Douglas likes to say, and they just keep going with it. This is one of the fastest running back rooms in the NFL with Raheem Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson as well. So I think it's a good value in the third round. I think it's about where he goes, and I think he's just a really good fit with the Mike McDaniel outside zone scheme. Right. I'll make this a clean sweep. I also have Devon A-Chain for them. Agree with everything you guys said. Love the speed that he's bringing to this offense. And I think he kind of compliments the other two backs as well. Um, doesn't need to be your your number one every down back for them. I think all three of those guys are going to get touches. Um, but really like him in a pass-catching role um, compared to those other two guys. So like like Devon A-Chain there. All right, let's move on to the New England Patriots, Ray. Who'd you like that New England got? This one's easy. Christian Gonzalez at 17. Uh, they were able to trade back with Pittsburgh. I think they only got a fourth to move back those couple of spots. And they got my seventh best player, number one cornerback in the draft. He's got the length, athleticism. He's silky smooth. And I think Bill Belichick's going to love having him as his like, number one corner. All right. Dino. Yeah, no, it's a no brainer. It's, it's gotta be Christian Gonzalez. I, I had him as my, uh, my CB one ever so slightly only one spot up on the big board over Devon Witherspoon. They were really, truly were 1A, 1B. The fact that Christian Gonzalez dropped to 17, I don't think many people expected. They were able to screw the Jets, their division rivals, by trading back and letting the Pittsburgh Steelers get the player that they thought the Jets wanted, and then they still get their guy in Christian Gonzalez. I mean, it's going to be scary seeing, you know, this team that has a proven track record of getting the best out of corners, late round corners, get a premier talent there and just see what, see what he could do. I think he's going to be a stud for them. Right. Yeah. I, I, I really love Christian Gonzalez too. And the fact that they, they traded back and still got their guy. I think it was really, really nice fit for them, but I I'm talking about my guy, Keon white Mm -hmm. Um, second round pick 46. Again, this is, this was my guy for me. Absolutely sucks that he's on New England, but I think this is a really, really great fit for him. I think he can fit in that multiple defensive front that they like to run. I think he could play in their outside linebacker spot. I think he can move inside, possibly. I think Belichick will get the most out of Keon White, who does need some time to grow and learn. Um, but I think he offers a little bit of a different dimension than a Judon and an Uche. I think those three guys are going to be really, really, really nice for that front four. Um, let's talk about our New York Jets. Dino, talk to me. We like the Jets draft. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's still, it's, it's still below average for me. I really like, I, I mean, I like it, but it's, it's still below average. I, I mean, I love the, 
I'm getting more warmed up to the Will McDonald pick at 15. Uh, there's only so much I can get warmed up to it, but I, I could definitely see it pl- just paying huge dividends. But the best pick, in my opinion, has to be Joe Tipman at 43. If Joe Douglas is going to say, you know, that he could take a 6-6 freak like Joe Tipman and put him potentially at guard or at center and just get the best out of him, I trust him wholeheartedly i trust him more than my mother uh love you mom but i trust him more than my mother and uh joe tipman just has all the tools he's just he's an amazing athlete and i'm excited to see him work ray this is your guy i'm assuming you're going with tipman here yeah i mean obviously i i wanted him in the first so getting him at 43 i think it was it's a no-brainer i think it adds some flexibility to this offensive line too after that Connor McGovern resigning. So they can play around with their matchups. They can they have a, a lot of room flexibility to deal with that the injury bug that they had last year. So I'm really excited to see how they work and how they get their best five out there. Right. I love Joe Tipman too, but I'm gonna talk about another one of my guys, Israel Abanacanda. Uh fifth round selection at 143. This is a home run hitter in every sense of the word. Really nice one cut back. I think he fits really well in our scheme, and I think he gives a nice little change of pace to what Breeze brings, to what Michael Carter brings, and even Bam Knight. I also think he's probably going to be our kick returner, um, which which we needed some some help in special teams. So I really like him. I think if he gets touches this year, I think he can explode on on a couple big plays. So like Izzy there in the fifth round. All right, fellas, let's move to the AFC North. We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Ray, who'd you like from Baltimore? This one was kind of, I feel like, straightforward. I'm going to say Flowers. Uh, you, you were able to re-sign Lamar, uh, I think it was the day of the draft, right, when they signed that contract. So uh, go get them some home run hitters, something that they really haven't had at wide receiver uh, recently. Rashad Bateman's a good possession receiver, but he's been hurt. Mark Andrews, obviously, his favorite target, but they're able to bring Odell in and then Zay Flowers as well give this offense a little bit more juice in the passing game and really stretch uh, the defense vertically. So I think it's going to help them and bring a little new dimension to their offense now that they got that new OC in there. Uh, who is it from Georgia, right? Todd Monken? Yeah, Todd Monken. You yeah. know, what about you? No, yeah, it's Zay Flowers and it's not close. I-, I love this pick for them. It's designed for this team. You have no idea how long Beckham will be here. Bateman has been a is is a good ad. I still think it's a good ad. Obviously, it has not played out uh, as they wished so far, considering he's had a ton of injuries. But you have Mark Andrews, incredibly reliable inside, and they get a dynamic Zay Flowers. You just want to get him the ball in space or say, fuck it, throw it up and give him the ball while he's being tightly covered. Amazing contested catch rate. I thought this this guy was my you know wide receiver too over Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he is going to be a guy. And you just got to get guys that are going to help out Lamar. We've seen a decimated, a horrific wide receiver room for years on years for him. You gotta, you gotta let him, you know, beat the haters and tell him, yeah, I can throw the football. I mean, he's scrambling around. A lot of these guys aren't getting open very much. They have a, he's just chucking it up to Mark Andrews, locking in on him. They finally bring out a competent wide receiver room. I'm excited to see uh, if Lamar Jackson can deliver. Yeah, from from every indication that we've been hearing and we know from Todd Munkin's offense, this offense is going to look different than it has in the past few years under Greg Roman. They're going to be throwing the ball around the yard a little bit. So I like Zay Flowers a lot. I'm going to talk about Andrew Voorhees, seventh-round pick, 
pick 229. I thought this was really good value, even for a guy who tore his ACL at the combine. This dude is an absolute dog. Um, great in pass pro. He's physical in the run game, has tackle and guard versatility. I think when he comes back from his ACL, I think he could be a starter for this team in 2024, make a big impact. So I really like that they went out and got a guy who maybe has a redshirt year. They also did the same kind of thing last year with uh, taking Ojabo, um, who kind of had a redshirt year. So I like this pick for them. Um, so I like Andrew Voorhees there. Yeah, I just want to, I want to touch on one more person too. Tavius Robinson was someone who I kind of liked in this process. And when he got when I watched him, I thought maybe he'd uh, beef up a little bit and kind of play like a five tech in, inside move inside a little bit. But he came into the combine two fifty seven. I think they even listed him as a linebacker for Baltimore. So I'm really curious how they end up using him. He's someone who kind of reminded me of Greg Rousseau, like the one of those bigger, like stronger ends. But he ended up dropping some weight. So I'm, that's one one player I'm really curious to see how they use him in this Ravens scheme. I feel like if he were to beef up a lot, I mean, it's obviously asking a lot. He kind of reminds me, I feel like he could fill in for that Clyde Campbell role, just a bigger, longer off, uh, defensive lineman. But I'm curious to see how, he's, how he gets used. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, let's move to the Cincinnati Bengals. Dino, who'd you like for Cincinnati? Uh, for Cincy, this is really hard, and I think I'm going to cheat here. Uh, I don't particularly love DJ Turner at 60, but when you pair that with Jordan Battle at 95, I, I feel like I just love what they did for the secondary. They have a Dax Hill. They have a Cam Taylor Britt. I feel like they just have a versatile and very mismatchy secondary where they can do a lot of things and 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 really make up for maybe some talent deficiencies. They have guys who are freaks and can just run around and match the speed of a lot of the teams that that they're going to be meeting later on in in the season obviously in the playoffs you know you think of obviously the Chiefs you you got to beat speed with speed and I feel like they definitely address that and uh yeah they're definitely the secondary I kind of cheated there though nice right what about you yeah I mean I got I, I hurts hurts. I'm gonna have to go with Jordan Battle though. Um, I, I you lose Von. Are you still Bell. agreeing with Dean? <laughs> I know it's tough. It's and <laughs> my boy Charlie Jones is sitting there, but you lose Von Bell, you lose Jesse Bates. This is a team that needs to win now, and there's a, kind of a hole there. Uh, he gets a big physical box safety who's played a lot of football in Alabama, a lot of winning football. So I think he's gonna be someone who can slide in day one and just play meaningful snaps and really help this team. I think he's someone who's gonna probably end up having to match up with Travis Kelsey. So we're going to see how that goes. His coverage not what he's known for, but I love the physicality, and he's just a winner. So I love the pick. I love the player. Right. I actually really like this draft. I feel like they got a lot of good values, a lot of guys who are underrated. Uh, I'll go to their first-round selection and Miles Murphy at 29. Um, again, I think we mentioned it a bunch throughout the draft process that he was becoming underrated throughout this process. He's got a ton of upside. He's got – Long ass arms, really, really good athletes, really good against the run. I think this is a good fit for him too. Next to next to Hubbard and next to Trey Hendrickson, can fit in a rotation with those guys and then be ready to go in year two when he takes over as the full time starter. Um, and again, Dean talked about all these quarterbacks and how you got to defend them on the back end. You also got to get to them up front. So I like what Cincinnati did um, addressing the defense in the first three picks that they had. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. Ray, who do you like for Cleveland? This is a tough one. Uh, this wasn't the easiest draft, I feel like, to decide, but I love the value of Dewan Jones. He was my offensive tackle five. 
I don't know how he's going to fit in big picture with this team. They they just picked up Jedrick Will's fifth year option. Jack Conklin, they have it right tackle. But when you get a tackle that big, that physically imposing with that just natural skill set, he's going to have to find the field eventually somewhere. So I think this is a good place for him where he can learn and develop. But eventually, I want to say maybe next year, two years from now, I think he's going to end up taking that right tackle job. Do you know what about you? I uh, I I don't think I think that this is the easiest maybe of like all the teams almost. I, I love this pick. I'm actually actually obsessed with it, and that's going to be Luke Whipler at pick 190. I mean, it's egregious that that value is is absolutely crazy. He was an extremely consistent two year starter for the Buckeyes. He has actually very good potential. He's very freakish athletic wise. I get it that he's a little bit, there's a little size and length concern, but you know, he has surprising strength for being a 300, 303 and great instincts. He's going to be a guy who I think can be, and and we've seen centers that, that are good, clean prospects that have good tape, be a little bit undersized and come into this league and be starters for a long time. So I, I don't understand what fueled his drop to, 190 but i feel like he should have been an easy easy third round pick early fourth so i I love that that's a steal for for the browns yeah i kind of struggled going back and forth between both those guys i went with whipler as well i mean i think both those guys they got great value and i think we heard the knock on dewan jones a lot was in the interviews did did not interview well at all but Mm -hmm. from everything you've seen on the field He's a really good player with a ton of upside, but I really like Luke Whipler as well. I thought he would be an early day three guy at, at the latest. Um, to get him in the sixth round is, is really good value. I think he could play and start this year. I haven't seen anything come out about medical or anything like that. So, but Dean, I'm with you. I'm really curious to see what actually caused that drop to the sixth round because way better than a sixth round talent. Oh, for sure. All right, let's wrap up the AFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ray, who do you like for Pittsburgh? I got to go with uh, Keanu Benton. I think this is just such a Steeler-type player. I think he can play nose. He can play five-tech. I think he's going to move up and down that defensive line and just really establishes that grit, that Steeler grit that was like just they're just known for. I think they need to get back to that. They they kind of really, really need to restack the cupboard at that position. So I think they really hit a good one with uh, Keanu Benton. You know, that's your boy. You going with Benton as yeah, well? I mean, that's a no-brainer. I, I love that Ray kind of talked uh, about the two positions that he'd be going uh, to potentially play. I, I feel like they most likely will be plugging him in at nose. But just like Ray said, he has a ton of uh, ton of potential to play opposite Cam Hayward. And he's just a Steeler guy. He's He's going to be a very consistent player for them. You know, will he reach his potential? That's, you know... That's to be seen, but he's going to be a consistent player in plugging up those holes, playing playing two gap, and having some potential upside potential as far as uh, p- rushing the passer. Right. I mean, this was one of my favorite drafts. Uh, yeah. In in the entire NFL, I mean, you talked about getting a, a player like Keanu Benton, who's like a Steelers kind of player. I feel like all these guys they got: Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Benton. Darnell Washington falling to the third round and Nick Herbig as their first five picks. Those are all Steelers guys. I really love what the Steelers did. I'm going to go Joey Porter Jr., my Penn State guy. He was a first-round talent. Now, it's a weak draft for sure, but he was still a first-round talent. I'm shocked that he didn't go. And, hey, they made that trade last year with the Chicago Bears, and they lucked out. 
getting the first pick in the, in the second round. They got a really good player. He's familiar with, with the organization, with his dad playing there. And they needed cornerback help desperately losing Cam Sutton. So I love this fit, and it was great value for, for the Steelers. All right, fellas, let's move to the AFC South. We are starting with the Houston Texans, who made a bunch of fireworks in this draft. Dino, what'd you like from Houston? Ah, this one's hard. Um, I mean, it's got to be Stroud. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's I, I'm trying to decide if I should change it up. I did like Tank Dell. Uh, I did like Henry Tuo Tuo. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> um, I also did like Jared Patterson. He went really late, 201, center out of Notre Dame. But CJ Stroud at two, I think, was just the right pick. We we heard a ton of rumblings that it was going to be like a Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson there. They did still end up getting Will Anderson, you know, giving giving a ransom for him, um, a crazy ransom. But CJ Stroud at two was just the right pick. And the fact that they actually went with it, I, I you know, not, you know, being hung up too much on whatever that that test was. I forgot what it's called already. The S2. Yes, the S2. Thank you. I, I was going to call it the 2.0. I know it was something. Yes, <laughs> 2 I, I mean, I get it. People love to be hung up on those. And I, I, I like analytics. I really do. But this is a guy who's clearly shown that he has the intelligence to you know, be an NFL quarterback as well as have great processing speed on the field. And I feel like the S2, I, I, if I don't, if I recall correctly, was like a processing, mostly a processing uh, test, which I, I thought he was one of the best processors in this draft, QB wise, uh, if not the best. So CJ Shroud uh, at pick two. Nice. Ray, what about you? You like for Houston? Yeah, I mean, I got to go Stroud as well. Uh, the rest of the draft is, uh, I mean, not underwhelming, but just kind of middle of the road. Um, so, yeah, Stroud's my guy. I think he's my QB1. I do like the fact that he's going to Houston, and there's guys like Davis Mills who has starting experience, Case Keenum who has starting experience. They've already openly said he's going to have to win the job. So I do like how he can go somewhere and maybe just be slowly reeled into the situation. I, if I hope. I feel like more teams should be doing that. But yeah, he's got experience under center too at Ohio State against my will, I may add, because I freak out every time Ryan Day goes under center. But um, yeah, I think he's going to translate well. I think he's got the touch and he'll be able to really bring some notoriety to a franchise that desperately needed it. Yeah, another one. I'll make a a clean sweep here. I got Stroud here at the 102. I think it would have been such a mistake for them if they were actually going to take an edge rusher at two. Um, But they got their quarterback of the future. I think this offense has a lot of upside too. Um, maybe not in year one, but they have a pretty good young offensive line that he can sit behind. Um, and their wide receiver core, while maybe it's not the best right now, they got some young dudes in there that they can all grow together. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it turns out. But losing their first round pick next year is pretty tough. They do have the Browns pick, but Losing their own is is pretty brutal for a team that may end up be picking in the top five next year. Yeah, that that's why I was saying a king's ransom I, there. I get it. I guess you gotta you gotta trust that that's their guy, and you know he can be absolutely he could be fake. He could be a cheat code. But I mean, 
a, you know, exactly a top five pick. It might be the number one pick. Possibly. Yeah. So uh, a, a bit crazy, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ray, who'd you like the Jacksonville took? Um, you throw me on the spot here. Hold on. Give yeah, me a second. I, fuck- I think it's the cold. Do you want me to go? No, yeah, you, you can go ahead. You can go. Okay. Uh, I'll talk about my guy, Antonio Johnson. This is a guy I had ranked pretty high in, in our safety class. Uh, went round five, pick 160. He should not have stayed out there this long. I know he's got some deficiencies with some high hips in coverage, but this guy's a really, really good player. He's got a ton of tools to be a big-time impact safety. He's long. Um, he moves faster on the field than he ran at the combine, but I really like the value. They needed some help on that back end. Um, and for him to be out there in round five, I really like it. Dude, this team has so, this team had so many damn picks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going, I did not like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going Parker Washington. I fucking in the sixth round. What was it? Pick one eighty five. I think he's someone who's going to be a really reliable target for, Trevor Lawrence, I feel like Marvin Marvin Jones last year was kind of a, a similar play style. Like, just get to the sticks and target him. I think he's, that's what uh, Parker is going to develop into. So, I think may not see it this year because it's kind of a deep wide receiver room. But two years, three years down the line, I think people are going to be looking back and saying, wow, that was a steal. What about you, Dino? Um, I mean, I think the pick warrants it. I think that a lot of these picks are pretty brutal. Uh, I had Antonio Johnson outside of my top five safeties. I still think he's for sure a value at 160. But uh, I I really like their pick at Anton Harrison, to be honest with you. I feel like he... They traded back twice, and they still got... Yeah, good offensive and, line. and they got... And obviously, we heard about the Cam, uh, Cam getting suspended. What was that, like the day of? Yeah. They, you know, we have talked about it. They probably knew about that a few days before. So they, they had, you know, a tackle opening, uh, a tackle need almost immediately. I would have thought that they would have went interior line. Uh, that's where they needed to fill some holes, but obviously tackle ended up being a bigger one with their, uh, with their tackle being suspended. Do we know how, for how long, by the way? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was six games. I, th- I thought it was eight, maybe. Six sounds better. Six to eight sounds right. Yeah, okay, whatever. Six to eight. So they go and get Anton Harrison, a a very, very good, fairly clean prospect out of Oklahoma. And just keep Trevor Lawrence up. We've seen him do crazy stuff, and he's going to develop and be better. He's going to end up – he could, you know, he could turn into a top five guy this year. So keep him clean. You got got a ton of talent at wide receiver – you even have you even have Evan Ingram, who's of course helping out in the in the uh, past game. You have you have ETN. This could be a really good offense. Keep keep Golden Boy safe. Keep him pretty. Right. Um, it is six games for for Cam Robinson. Um, let's move to Indianapolis Colts. Uh, right. Who do you like from from Indy? Yeah, this is my favorite draft class. I think it's not really even close to be honest i'm trying to decide between two i'm gonna mention both because that's just the way i am uh josh downs insane pick i think in the third round 79 overall i think he compliments Pittman and pierce just so well i think he's gonna be one of the favorite targets for anthony richardson when he eventually gets that job and then also aditamiwa adabare i've spoken about him at length multiple times but he's a freak such a chris ballard guy I think he can be, he's going to be able to play end and move inside, rush from the three tech, and 
Maybe not this year, but him and DeForest Buckner next to each other, man, that's fucking scary. So both those guys. Nice. Dino, what about you? I mean, it's out of bar, right, for exactly what Ray said. Going at 110 is pretty crazy. I'm unsure, not sure why he dropped that far. I believe we had one mock out of our six that had Adebari squeaking in the first round. And I know that that was not a original take. I feel like a lot of people thought he had potential to be back end one for sure, a second rounder, bona fide second rounder. So I'm assuming it had to be some some injury or something in the medicals that had him drop all the way to 110. But he's going to be a great pick for them. Yeah, this was a really, really awesome draft class. I'm going to go with another one of my guys, even though I mean, I'm going to talk about two guys because Ray got Ray said two as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about both corners that they took. Julius Brents um, in the second round at pick 44. They needed secondary help desperately, especially on the outside with Stephon Gilmore leaving. Um, they got Kenny Moore to play in the nickel, but I think Brents and the guy they took in the fifth round, Darius Rush, both have a ton of upside to play outside corner for this team be a really good pair uh, in that back end. And I think both these guys can make an impact rookie year. Yeah. All right. Let's round it out with the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans is the last team. Dino, who do you like for Tennessee? Oh, shoot. This is your boy. Yeah, no, no, no. I am I, I mean, it's obviously going to be Skaronsky, but I, I just wanted to uh, check out check it out real quick because I don't have it up currently. I was looking at something else. Yeah, it's it's Peter Skaronsky at 11. I don't care if they got Will Levis with Mr. Irrelevant. I don't give a fuck. Peter Skaronsky with Vrabel. Oh, that's like what wet dreams are made of, to be honest with you. He, he was my tackle one. He was my on he was number four, number five on my big board. He's just going to be an amazing tackle in this league, an all pro. Nice. What about you, Ray? I got to go Will Levis, um, quarterback three. I think he's a top 15 player for me. And I love how he goes to a place where he truly can sit a year. Like he, he's not starting this year. It's pretty much set in stone unless something happens to Tannehill. So I do love that. It takes a lot off his plate and he can just learn and develop, uh, fix some of the holes in his game. So I think this is a probably ideal landing spot. I know it doesn't feel like it for him having to wait through all that day one, but I think it may work out for the best for him. All right. And uh, I'll get somebody different in there. I'll go. I'll go with Jalen Duncan here in the sixth round. I pick one eighty six. Um, I think this is really good value for a guy who was mentioned in the first round a ton during scouting. Obviously, it didn't end up that way. Um, but I think he's a a good swing tackle for them that they can bring in. I think he's got a ton of upsides. Really, really good athlete. And if you watch his tape, you see the flashes of him yes, being. He, re- really, he really does. I a really he- good tackle. I thought his tape was absolute booty. I mean, I've said that a few times. I mean, 186 booty is, is you know, it's not 186 booty. So, I agree. It is it is honestly a solid pick for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all oh, about I'm so, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to rewind, by the way, but I I, I feel like we haven't discussed this, and, and we should have when we were talking the Colts. What When does A. Rich start, you think, Anthony Richardson, for the Colts? Week one. Right. I really believe. Uh, I mean, I know that's what they're saying. They're saying that they're just going to throw him to the fucking fire. So, I, I don't think one, I but... don't think he's I don't think he's going to start the first six weeks. Nice. We'll see, dude. We'll see. It's humania. All right, let's go with it's the. Uh... It's his time. 
I think it makes sense. I, mean, I, I, I think, and I think they'd be dumb not to. They have an extremely serviceable, very competent quarterback. He's been the best backup quarterback in football for a few years now, for my dollar. Yeah, but and, re- rewind what you just said. What the re- best backup? Yeah, they're, we, they're they're looking for they're looking for franchise changing. Yeah, let him sit for a little. I'm just saying. So why throw him to the wolves? He should have been in college another year. He should sit a full year and then well, be nasty next you, year. I mean, you can't make that decision right now. You need to see what he looks like in training camp. You yeah. need to see what I he looks think, like in I think he's going. To, I think he's going to, you know, follow suit with his inconsistencies in training camp. And I think that they are going to see that. And if they were to put him out there after seeing it, I think it'd be – I don't think it's – I think it's ill-advised. Sure. All right, let's round out with our AFC here. The AFC West, we're talking Denver Broncos. Dino, who'd you like from Denver? They didn't pick until the third round. I loved. No, they, they had a second rounder. Did they? They yeah, traded up. Um, they traded up. Mm. Yeah. Love Marvin Mims at 63. Back. One of my my guys. Uh, I had him just out of my uh, my top five wide receivers. Uh, and, you know, getting him at the with the last pick of the second round, I think is awesome. Getting him at 63. This has been a, uh, a, a very weird wide receiver room. I feel like it's been touted as, you know, a very above average wide receiver room. Obviously, they had uh, they had Judy, uh, Sutton, Tim Patrick. They even had, uh, you know, KJ Hamler. He's not on the team anymore, but they used a, I believe, a, se- a late second round on him as well. Marvin Mims is going to be the perfect fit, I think, for this team, and I think someone that who can come in and actually help bolster this wide receiver room because it has been a little bit lackluster for sure, and uh, hopefully will be uh, one of Russell Wilson's guys. When yeah. did KJ Hamler get traded? He, he's cut. still on the team. Okay, I thought he's so. on the team. Yeah, I don't think he was on the team anymore. My bad. Uh, Ray, who'd you like? I'm going my guy, Drew Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I think they said he fell a little bit due to like uh, his interviews. I think they, they said his sound- interviews were horrible. I think they were saying he's a little cocky son of a bitch. Yeah. But I mean, five star. Apparently, like he's been like, groomed to play football since like birth, so it's not overly surprising. But I love the fit in Denver. They need some linebacker help, and look what they—they they done with Baron Browning. He was an off-ball linebacker who they—they—they they, they move him to edge a lot too. So I think they're going to probably try to do some similar things with Drew Sanders. I think he'll be seeing a lot of edge work. Uh, they kind of need that help. They only have Randy Gregory after that uh, Chubb trade, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him doing a lot of both. Which is, I think, that's what you have to do with him. You have to maximize his ability, and him his ability to get after the passer is one of his best traits. So, yeah. From reading all the stuff about his, his interview process, everybody was saying just absolutely massive prick. And all I could get kept thinking was Brian Cushing. <laughs> well, I think I feel like that's a different kind of prick, though. Brian Cushing was a fucking madman. Oh my gosh. Brian you know Cushing I mean? with the best hard knocks quote ever. That guy oozes football. But what was what was the hard knocks quote? Which one? He's he was uh going one on one with Alfred Blue. When the running backs were trying to block yeah. him. And he's like, it's like, one, you don't want to block me. Two, you don't want to fight me. Three, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always remember when he fucking decked the outfit alignment, got up, took his helmet off, and then headbutted him. Yeah. And then he was just, yeah, gu- I mean, just gushing down his face. I mean, that's crazy. His head. <laughs> um, for me, Denver, I really liked Riley Moss. Um, this was a guy I didn't give a ton of stock into. 
during our cornerback rankings, but went back and watched him a lot. He's a really good player. Um, I'm curious because everybody's talking about moving him in to the back end, moving him to safety, but I think he has enough juice to play corner on the outside, and especially because they have Pat Sertan and they have uh, Justin Simmons and they got some good guys on the back end. I think he does have enough ability and athleticism to play on the outside. I think he gives you versatility if you want to move him to safety, but I think this is a really good fit for them um, with his athleticism to play on the back end. You like Riley Moss? If you like Riley, wait for next year, man. His teammate, Cooper DeGene, another white corner. That guy's the fucking truth. Watch watch out for him. Remember the name. I really thought you were going to go J.L. Skinner there, to be honest, Sauce. Yeah, he was another one. I'm I'm curious to see how they use him. I feel like they're going to move him to linebacker, um, and they'll kind of play him in like a hybrid role. I use him up. He's probably not going to see the field. He's going to be a special teamer. But, yeah, uh, yeah he, he's an interesting one got for some me. Good tape uh, dropping down to the box. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Cooper DeGene, I've seen him a lot in the in first round – or way too early first round box. So. Dude, it's weird because I was watching – I was obviously watching like Jack Campbell, Riley Moss, and all of them. And I was like, who the f- – when like, he just flashed my arms, oh, that must be Riley Moss. And I was like, no, it's this other white cornerback. And he was just all over the fucking tape. The guy's, the guy's kind of insane. But – I digress. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's get to our next team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Dino, who'd you like for Kansas City? I, I didn't want to really think too much into this one. I think they got a few solid picks. I, I like that they, you know, exuded the confidence to, you know, get their guy, Rasheed Rice. I feel like there were a, a, at least four wide receivers I would have taken over him at that point. But their confidence in taking him there makes me makes me like it a little bit more, taking him at 55. But I, I, I don't feel like I shouldn't overthink it. I, I just really like them getting FAU at 31. I feel like that was a very common drafting uh, mock mock draft spot for uh, FAU and and pick for the for the Chiefs in a lot of people's minds. And it just makes a lot of sense. Obviously, they got uh they were able to Go and get um. They got Ojabo. No, Carl Loftus. No, uh, Carl Carl Loftus. I'm Your sorry. Boy. I know my boy. They got. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. Uh, but yes, they went and got Carl Loftus, who I thought uh had a very very solid rookie rookie campaign. But they still need to get dogs out there, a, a better rotation of pass rushers to help out Chris Jones. He's like a one man wrecking crew on that D line. And the fact that they went and got an FAU, I I feel like is a a, a very good pick. Nice. Ray, what about you? Yeah, I got to concur with Dean, unfortunately. Uh, overall, not the biggest fan of this draft class, uh, but I think FAU was probably my favorite pick. I think they needed to go replace Frank Clark, who they cut, I believe, right? He wasn't a free agent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they, need, they need some more juice off the edge. Koloff, this is more of a power guy. I think, yeah, go get a more well-rounded FAU-type player. And he's another one who they I feel like he played a lot of inside the tackle in college in that weird like three-three-five or whatever defense. So... Let's see how he does when they kick him out. Right. I'll make this a clean sweep. Liked FAU a lot there. I think that was a place that I mocked him in a couple of our mock drafts. I think he fits well. Like like you guys said, I think he gives a, a little bit of different dimension than what Carl Loftus brings. And when you have Chris Jones, it makes everybody's job easier, especially if coming in as a rookie. So I like FAU at, at pick 31 for them. Uh, let's move on to Las Vegas. Ray, who'd you like for Vegas? The Raiders. Who is my favorite pick for the Raiders? Let me pull it up quick. Just 
run a little fast. Uh, let's see. Oh, fuck. Michael Meyer, bro. Or Michael Mayer. I keep calling him Michael Meyer. Yeah, you did. Uh, Michael Myers. Michael, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I, it's, not, it's not a big deal. It's like some, um, what's your call? I digress. Anyway, Michael Mayer's got to be my favorite. They give, they get rid of, um, Darren Waller. Thank you. Waller, I think he's going to slide right in and be that typical wide tight end that Josh McDaniels has really loved throughout his career. I think he'll be a day one starter, and he'll just be a really just a solid piece for that offense, give him a different dynamic. Yeah. Dino, what about you? I, I got to – I honestly have to go Tyree Wilson. Dude, he was a – first off, I did not think at all that he would drop to number seven. But that being said, he looked like a – specimen in his suit on draft night when he came up will anderson you know came up obviously at number three to go uh to go to the texans and he came up on the podium and when tyree wilson came up that just looked like a different dude it looked like it looked like he came up and as he was coming up he ate will anderson he was double the size of him and dude his physicality and not only that his just his athleticism his speed his a very very well rounded strong tackler. I I get that he's still raw and he's just kind of like he's kind of just like Dumbo out there or like Lenny from uh mice uh, of of mice and men of mice and men. Thank you. I almost said mice of men. Um, of mice and men. But uh, he's basically a Lenny out there and he just freaking <laughs> runs through shit and just I I I think that when you really hone his talents, he could be the best player in this draft. So I love that they got him at number seven. And got him opposite of Max Crosby, who's obviously a stud. Yeah, I think he fits in really well with Crosby and Chandler Jones, too. I think he's pretty similar to, to a Chandler Jones, and I think he can grow a lot with those guys. But I'm with Ray. Michael Mayer, one of my favorite players in this draft, falling into the second round at pick 35. Ray, you mentioned it. Getting rid of Waller. They also lost Foster Moreau. He's got, he has cancer. Um, so they desperately needed somebody in this tight end room to fill in. And this is a really important position for um, this offense, that tight end, that tight end role in line blocking and going out and catching passes. Um, so I really love what they did in the second round, bringing in Michael Mayer. All right, fellas, let's wrap it up here with the AFC. We're talking the LA Chargers. Ray, round us out here. I'm going on a day on Henley in the third round. Uh, I think it just makes a lot of sense for this team, just where they're at. They brought in Eric Kendricks from Minnesota. Uh, they declined Kenneth Murray's op- fifth-year option. So future, they need they need someone to help at linebacker. I think Dayon Henley is really good. Converted safety and wide receiver, actually. So I think he's going to be a and real quarterback. Ad- and quarterback. Good enough. I forgot about that in, in uh, high school. But um, I think he's going to be a really good asset for them, just helping the pass defense as well. He did really well covering running backs, but even these tight ends in the West, we just talked about Michael Mayer, got Travis Kelsey, obviously. I, I'm a big Greg Dolchich fan, so I think he's going to give them some much-needed help in the middle of that D. Nice. Dino, what about you? I mean, come on. Your, it's, your it's, boy. It's Horn Frogs. It's not even just Quentin. It's just the Horn Frogs. They get Quentin Johnson at 21. They get Darius Davis, another wide out from TCU at 125. And then they round it out with the best quarterback in the draft. The most sure. gritty quarterback in the draft. Don't even fucking don't eat. I'm not even kidding. I dare you to debate me on that. Is Herbert's job up, up on, for the, on the block? It's definitely on the block. I mean, he he blew a 27 point lead 
in the playoffs, bro. That's <laughs> unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I actually still can't believe that happened. That that has not gotten enough talk, and he has not get, gotten shredded in nearly enough for that fucking performance. I mean, obviously, a lot of it goes on Brandon Staley and that defense, but Jesus Christ, a 27-point lead, that and that Jaguars team looked decimated. But, uh, yeah, they get Max Duggan at 239. Like, come on. You know, re- really push the pace get it competitive in uh, in that QB room now you know now Herbert needs to look behind his back at all times because <laughs> Max Duggan's coming up but Quentin Johnson was just an awesome pick my my wide receiver won and he's just I, I really did think that they would go as a flowers in this scenario uh considering they you know they have a Mike Williams but hearing Brandon Staley just gush over Johnston really helped me solidify that I love this pick for them. You know, he has all the necessary traits. He, you know, he even said it himself. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Yeah, he needs to go up and get it a little bit more. He kind of just relies on his on his size. But this is a guy that is really going to help them out. They Analytics-wise, they're pretty poor team as far as uh, long balls go. So go get a guy who is just a freak, a unicorn at that. So get Quentin Johnson. All right, cool. I'll round us out here. Ray, I'm with you. I also have Diane Henley in the third round. Um, you mentioned Kenneth Murray not getting his fifth-year option picked up. Just hasn't been what they needed him to be. They needed somebody in the middle of this defense. Um, I thought they could have used somebody in the interior uh, on the defensive line. We'll see how they use Thule, uh, who they took in the second round. But I like Diane Henley a lot. Pairing him next to Eric Kendricks thinks that's a really good off-ball duo for them. All right, fellas. Good stuff. That'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed part one of our favorite players in this draft episode with the AFC. Stay with us. We got the NFC dropping on Monday, so stay tuned for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2023 draft season even though it's over. Hey, appreciate you fellas.